ready for the word this morning? We are continuing our series on Drop the Hammer. Drop the Hammer. Jeremiah 23, verse 28 through 29 says, Let the prophet who has a dream recount the dream, but let the one who has my word speak it faithfully. For what has straw to do with grain, declares the Lord, is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks a rock in pieces. This series is all about the power of the word of God. We are learning how to partner with a word of God to see breakthrough in our lives. Because we believe this, that the word of God makes room for the work of God. The phrase drop the hammer means to hold nothing back and usually refers to ending something. It was um, a few weeks ago that I was at home and I found a few ants in my son's playpen, like two or three ants. I said, that's strange. I killed them and threw them away. Well, the next day I found five or six ants in his playpen. I said, this is so strange. What is happening? I killed them and threw them away. Here and there, randomly, we would find, you know, an ant on a window or something. We were like, what is going on? Well, one day, um, I grabbed a bag from our pantry, and I put some of Sailor's stuff in it. Sailor's my son, put his stuff in it, and took him to school, which we have a preschool and academy right here at our church, which I'm just convinced is the best school in the entire world. If you have littles, you've got to get them in the preschool or academy because it's just the best. So I take Sailor to school, drop him off. Later that day, teacher messages me on our fancy app that we have where we get uh, updates and photos of our kids. And she messages me and she says, Sailor's fine. I just wanted to let you know that the bag that you gave me um, is infested with ants. She's so sweet. She said, you might want to check where you got that bag from. (laughs) And in that moment, I said, oh, no, no, no. This just got serious. And Marshall went to Lowe's, and, and he got ant killer. And the second we got home, we found exactly where those ants were coming from, and we nuked those things, and they never came back again. But we had to get to a place where we said, oh, enough is enough. This is over. We are ending this right now. In this series, Drop the Hammer, this is exactly what we are saying. Enough is enough. It's time to get serious. We need to be more radical than ever, more on fire than ever, more devoted, more consecrated than ever, because we are putting an end to some things and seeing breakthrough in our lives. Is anyone ready to drop the hammer this morning? Come on, everyone say, drop the hammer. The only thing strong enough to break a rock is the word of God. And today I want to look at a passage in Matthew chapter 8 about a man who got a miracle because he believed in the power of the word of God. So open up with me to Matthew chapter 8, starting in verse 5, reading to verse 13. It says, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word. Everyone say, just say the word. word. 
and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes. I say to this servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, truly, I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Verse 13, then Jesus said to the centurion, go, let it be done for you just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed At that moment, at that moment, the reality of this centurion situation was that he had a servant who he cared about and loved, who was suffering terribly and dying. I have a question for you this morning. Have you ever heard the phrase, you need a reality check? You need a reality check. Um, I don't know about you, but when I think back to my adolescence, I cringe. Anybody else? At the things we used to say and the things we used to do, the music we used to listen to. Sometimes I'll turn on a throwback and I cannot listen to it for very long. I cringe. I guess that's why they call it angsty teenage music. I mean, just makes me cringe. But I especially cringe when it comes to what I used to wear what we used to wear. When I was in middle school, I don't know what was trendy when you were in middle school, but when I was in middle school, there was a trend that was in style called scene. Okay. This is, this is, this is some sort of gothic. It's gothic with a twist. Okay. And so what I would wear in middle school is neon skinny jeans, checkered spiky belts. I would wear jelly bracelets that almost went to my elbow. I had jet black hair with bangs that covered half of my face. And I would wear a bow, a neon bow right here. And do you know what the poses back then? You know how funny it is how poses change? This was the pose back then. Not peace. It was this. Don't ask me why I don't know who started this trend. But I I had this favorite shirt. Okay, I had this favorite shirt that I wore way too often. It was skin tight, short sleeve, sherbet orange, with white words on it that said, my reality check bounced. I thought I was so cute. I thought I was so cute, sassy. I got way too many compliments on that shirt. When someone lives in a false reality, we say, you need a reality check. Reality is the world or the state of things as they actually exist. Do you know my fear is that you and I learn to live in and accept reality so much so that we don't believe God's word. Our reality is determined by our experiences, what we see, what we hear, And what we feel, what we see is going on in the world and in culture, at our workplace, at home. What we hear from our loved ones, our friends, our family, on the news, social media. And not only what we see and hear, but what we feel. 
When we feel fear, we feel discouragement, we feel disappointment, we feel anxiety, we feel heartbreak. This determines our reality, and we doubt God's word. It was a few months ago, we had a scary moment at our house. We woke up in the middle of the night to our smoke alarms. And if this has ever happened to you before, it's a scary moment. The sirens are going off, and we jump straight out of bed, run to the living room, and I hear the alarms, I see smoke, I smell smoke, and I feel fear. We run straight to our son's room. He is sleeping like a rock through those sirens. He has his mother's sleeping skills. I cannot believe he slept through that whole thing, but he was totally fine. We are rampaging through the house, and we call the fire department, and they show up with the fire truck and the sirens and the lights, and then like 12 7-foot-tall, geared-up Goliaths start barricading through our house. And me and Sailor are like, oh my goodness, which side note, thank God for first responders. If you are a first responder in the room, we honor you. We love you. They saved the day too many times. And once they search the house, uh, they come to me, us, and they say, there's no fire in your house. You should be safe. And they leave. Well, if I'm honest with you, I was still paranoid for hours, if not days, because I was thinking, well, what if, what if something is in the walls? What if, what if it happens again? What if it happens when we're sleeping? What if, what if? And I was still worrying. Why? Because my reality was different than what the professionals told me. And I doubted what the professionals told me because of my experience, my reality of what I saw, what I heard, and what I felt. As I was praying this week, I felt like God was telling me that many of us, Learn to accept and live in reality, and we doubt the word of God. And we doubt that the word of God can change our present reality. And we say things like, this is just the way it is. I might as well get used to this. There's nothing I can do about it. I don't know what your reality is this morning. Maybe your reality is that you're struggling in your marriage. Maybe your reality is that you're sick in your body or you're underwater financially, or you have a loved one who is far from God. But I came on this Sunday morning to give you a reality check and let you know that the Word of God has the power to change your reality. In fact, the Word of God is like a fire, and it's like a hammer that can break the rock into pieces. One word from God can change everything. And if you don't believe me, you just read your Bible. Because in Genesis, God spoke the entire creation of the world with his words. Jesus calmed a raging storm with his words. Jesus raised dead people back to life with his words. What makes you think that God can't change your situation? The word of God has the power to change your reality. And my challenge for us today is to not accept our present reality, but to believe that the word of God can change it. I'm not talking about refusing to acknowledge reality or being ignorant. I'm talking about understanding the power of God's word that has the power to change it. The centurion, his reality 
was that he had a servant who was suffering and dying. And he refused to accept that reality. And he went to the only one he knew who could change it. And if we are going to allow the word of God to change our reality, we need to do what the centurion did. It says in verse 5, when Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just Say the word and my servant will be healed. If we're going to see the word of God change our reality, we need to, number one, get a word. Get a word. The centurion went to Jesus for one thing, a word. I think oftentimes we think that God will interrupt our lives with his audible voice. He'll speak to us audibly while we're driving or he'll wake us up in the middle of the night and he will serve the word to us on a silver platter. But the centurion did not wait for the word to come to him. He went and got himself a word. My family laughs at me because the first time I brought Marshall home to meet my family, we were having dinner. And uh, dinner was ready. I got my plate, served my plate, and went and sat down at the table and started eating. My mom said, Madison, are you not going to serve Marshall? Get him a plate. And I literally just naturally looked at Marshall, and I said, Marshall, the food's right there. And I kept eating. (laughs) I had never had a serious relationship before, didn't understand. It was my responsibility to feed my boyfriend. (laughs) I said, if you're hungry, go and get it. If you want it, go and get it. I think sometimes we sit back at the table of life and wait for God to serve a word on a silver platter. But I'm here to tell you today that you do not have to wait for the word of God to come to you. You have the authority to go and get yourself a word. You can go and get a word. How do you go and get a word? Well, I'll give you a few options. You can open up your Bible. Read the written word of God and let the Holy Spirit illuminate the word to you that will speak straight to your situation. You can come to church conference in a few weeks and have the mentality, I'm coming to get a word and I'm not leaving without a word. At the end of this service, We will have prayer team members here at the altar. And if you want to get prayed for, you can come up to the altar and get prayed for by trusted men and women of God who hear the voice of God and can give you a prophetic word straight to your situation. Well, I want to sit back in my seat and, you know, have someone call me out and have the word come to me. You can go and get yourself a word. This centurion didn't wait for the word to come to him. He went and got himself a word. Everyone say, get a word. You need a word. You need a word for this year. You need a word for your family. You need a word for your workplace. You need a word. And you can go and get it. Not only did the centurion go and get a word, but I love this. When Jesus said, shall I come to your house and heal him? The centurion said, Lord, I don't deserve to have you come under my roof. 
For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. Not only do we need to get a word, but we need to honor the word. I hear so much honor in the words of the centurion when he's talking to Jesus. I don't even deserve to have you come under into my house. I understand honor. I understand authority, and he honored the word of God. Does anyone have any pet peeves? You have any pet peeves? How many of you, by a show of hands, your pet peeve is when people talk during movies? Oh, yes. Okay, I have to admit, I am one of those. I'm sorry, don't watch a movie with me. I talk a lot. How many of you, your uh, pet peeve is when knives scratch on the dinner plate? Isn't that just the worst? I think everyone hates that. How many of you, by show of hands, just curious, how many of you, your pet peeve is people who chew ice? That bothers you? Okay. Wow. I'm also an ice chewer, so I will know not to chew ice in front of you. I'll be honest with you. I have a pet peeve. It's when uh, I get talked over. You know, I don't think anyone likes to be talked over or interrupted. Why? Because, because it's, it's a form of dishonor. You stop sharing with that person because they don't value what you're saying. They don't honor what you're saying. And I'll just say this about honoring God's word. People who don't hear God's word are people who don't honor God's word. Do you remember the story in the Old Testament with Samuel? Samuel was a young boy. He grew up in the house of God. And then one day, God is trying to get Samuel's attention. And he's saying, Samuel, Samuel, Samuel. Samuel's not listening. Samuel's going to his dad. He's not understanding. He's not honoring that this is God speaking to him. It's not until Samuel sits and says, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. At that moment, God begins to speak to him. If you want to receive God's word, honor God's word. This centurion was a Roman officer of the army, probably commander-in-chief. He was a good and honorable man, yet he honored the word. Honor means to regard with great respect or esteem. I think sometimes we just treat The voice of God as too common, as too casual, and as too familiar. Oh, yeah, we just, we're we're familiar with it. We're flippant with it. And I just want to remind you today that in the Old Testament, for hundreds and hundreds of years, for centuries, no one had access to the presence or to the voice of God. If you wanted to hear what God had to say, there was only one prophet who was chosen, and that was the only way that you could hear God's voice. Do you know that is why Jesus came down to earth, lived a perfect, sinless life, died on the cross, and paid the penalty that you and I deserve. He was dead for three days and then resurrected, came back to life, and at that moment, he created a direct life line of communication for us to hear God's voice. That's how valuable the voice of God is. It's so valuable, so expensive that it costed Jesus his life. And I don't know about you, but I never want to treat it as common or as casual or familiar. I never want to take the voice of God for granted. 
If you want to hear God's word, honor God's word. How can you honor God's word? You can thank him for his word. Thank you, God, that you speak to me. Thank you, God, that I can hear your voice. Thank you for the sacrifice of Jesus that allows me to hear your voice on a daily basis. It's honor. Give him undivided attention. There's nothing worse when you're trying to have a conversation with someone and they're texting on their phone or distracted. It's dishonor. If you want to honor God's voice, his word, give him undivided attention. Put the phone away. Turn worship music on and say, God, speak to me. I am listening. It's honor. Hold it with great respect and high regard. This centurion got a word. He honored the word. And I love this. As we close, it says, when Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, truly, I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. And in verse 13, then Jesus said to the centurion, go, let it be done just as you believed it would. Not only do we need to get a word, honor the word, we have to believe the word. Believe the word. There's a big difference between having a word and believing a word. And if we're not careful, we will slip into the mentality of, I'll believe it when I see it. I'll believe it when I see it. Well, God, yeah, he spoke to me that years ago, but it didn't happen in the timing that I wanted or the way that I wanted. So I just came to this conclusion, I'll just believe it when I see it. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I believe I have the greatest husband in the world. He is literally my hero, um, but he, he, you know, he has very few flaws. The few that he does make great sermon illustrations. So just know I'm not dogging on him. He, this is one of his very few flaws, but it's a good example. He has a lot of home improvement uh, aspirations and visions. There's a lot of things he would like to do to our house. And he loves to talk about them. Says, well, you know, we could do this. We could do this. For example, he wants to turn our hallway closet into an entire safe. A fireproof safe. Our whole closet. And I'm like, that's awesome. That's a great idea. But maybe we should get a new hot water heater first. Priorities. So, and this, he's notorious for saying this. Oh, I could build that. I could fix that. I could do that. And I always say, I have no doubt you can, but I know you don't have the time. I'm the more realistic one in our household. And uh, one day, he came home with tons and tons of massive wooden planks in his whole truck. I mean, tons of them, heavy planks. And he unloads them. And I say, Marshall, what in the world are you going to do with that? He said, I'm going to build a deck. So Marshall, you do not have the time to build a deck. He says, yes, I'm going to build a deck. And I'm like, okay, not going to be negative, Nancy. You go build yourself a deck. A year later, no exaggeration, they had not moved an inch. So I was feeling productive one day, and Marshall came home to me carrying these heavy, sweating moving these planks to our garage. He's like, what are you doing? 
I said, I'm sick of looking at these planks. He did help me move them, and they are in our garage to this day. <laughs> he has a lot of, you know, dreams and things he would want to do to the house. And, and I just kind of came to this conclusion, you know what? I'll believe it when I see it. All these, you know, visions and projects, I'll just, I'll just believe it when I see it. I think sometimes God speaks to us a word, promises us something, tells you, I'm going to do this in your marriage. I'm going to do this in your kids. I'm going to do this in your business. I'm going to use you for this. And when it doesn't happen in the timing that we want or in the way that we want, we just come to this conclusion, I'll believe it when I see it. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I'll believe it when I see it. But I love what Jesus says to this centurion. He says, go and let it be done just as you believed it would. See, we say, I'll believe it when I see it. God says, you'll see it when you believe it. And I want to encourage you today to believe again. Believe again. Dream again. Believe the word that he spoke to you years ago. You haven't seen progress on it? Believe it. Why? Because it will be done just as you believed it would. Matthew Henry says in a commentary on this passage, so powerful. He says, with men, saying and doing are two things, but not so with Christ. If God says it, if God says it, you can trust you can believe it will be done. May not be how we want, when we want, but you can believe it will be done and take him at his word. Um, some of you know my story. God set me free from a lot of uh, things, a bad past, drug addiction, um, but there was one thing I couldn't stop doing. It was smoking cigarettes. <laughs> And uh, I would smoke almost a pack, to, pack a day. Nicotine addiction is very difficult to stop. And um, that's the one thing that God didn't really, like, take my craving away for. And I had this mentality, I can love Jesus and smoke cigarettes, which you absolutely can't. But I remember being in a prayer time one day, in a personal prayer time, God spoke to me so clearly. He said, Madison, I have so much I want to do in and through you. There's places I want to take you and things I want you to do, but you cannot take one step further until you let this go. I remember it so clearly. And in that moment, literally, I said, it's done. It's done. I'm done with it. I didn't have another one after that day. God did not take that craving away from me. I still had difficult moments, but that word gave me what I needed to quit and to let it go. I believed what he said. And this morning, I was just thinking about all that God has done in my life, through my life, since that moment at 18 years old. I get to teach and preach the word of God. I'm, I'm an ordained pastor. I have the family of my dreams. And none of that, none of it would have happened if I did not hear the voice of God when I was 18 years old and believed it. 
You have no idea what one word from God can do for your life. You've got to get a word, honor it. And when he speaks, you better believe it. You hold on to that thing and you don't let it go. And I believe it will be done just as you believe it will be. This passage ends by saying, and his servant was healed at that moment. I believe today is an at that moment day. I believe today there are miracles, signs, and wonders that God wants to do right now because his word is like a hammer that breaks the rock into pieces. And sometimes a rock is broken little by little, but sometimes a rock is shattered in a moment. And I just have faith that today rocks will be shattered in this moment. A miracle could happen right now. The Bible says signs and wonders will follow those who believe. Believe it. It can happen in a moment. Let me just build your faith for a moment. Last week, there was a woman sitting in one of our services that had chronic back pain for months. Pastor Dustin said, as we take communion, I believe God's going to heal your body. She took communion and she turned to a staff member next to her and she said, I have no more pain. And the staff member followed up with her later on and she said, I have no more pain. God healed me. He did it in one moment. There was another couple sitting in one of our services. This is just last week. And it was a couple and the, and the wife was praying and believing for a word that her husband would say yes to Jesus. And last week, her husband responded to the prayer of salvation, gave his life to Jesus in just that moment. Last Wednesday at our youth services, Healings broke out and tons of our young people were supernaturally healed in the presence of God in just a moment. I want to build your faith for what can happen just right now. Get a word, honor the word, and believe the word.